friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome to episode 131 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Thank you so much for being here this week. We have a really interesting topic and maybe a term you're not familiar with today. We're talking about SOPs. So what are SOPs and why do we need them? Well, SOPs are standard operating procedures. It is how things get done within your business. And today I'm chatting with Melissa Gamara, who is a certified online business manager, Amazon bestselling author, and the owner of Melissa Gamara Management. She helps online business owners scale to multiple six and seven figures by streamlining their systems, managing their teams, and launching online courses. She's a master strategist and course launch specialist who loves helping entrepreneurs stay out of the day-to-day operations of their business and step into their role as CEO. Now, if you're listening to that bio and you're thinking, that all sounds great, but I am nowhere near six and seven figures. I'm not ready to step into the CEO role. I'm just a one-man show starting off my small little business. Here's what I want you to take away from this episode. This is about setting yourself up for success in the future. Standard operating procedures are things that every business needs to have in mind, no matter how early you are in the stages of growing your business. It's simple things like, what do I do when a new client inquires with me? Do I send out a series of emails? Do I schedule a phone call with them? What are the processes that I go through every time this happens? And is there a way to streamline this or automate this? The benefit of doing this is not only so that you then have a repeatable system that either you can repeat every single time, so every client is getting the exact same experience, or if you need to outsource that step in your process to somebody else, you can. Not even if it means you want to hire somebody, but what if something happens and you are unable to run your business for a couple of days or weeks or months? You need somebody to be able to step in. If you have all of these SOPs already figured out, recorded on video or written down somewhere, it's going to be that much easier for somebody else to step in and help take over if needed. So there's a lot of reasons why you would need SOPs in your your business. And we're going to get into the details of all of this in our conversation. But I wanted to preface this interview with the fact that this is not just an episode for people who are further along in their business. This is for anybody and everybody who is starting off a business. Because one of the things that I wish I had done earlier on was to have these processes in place so that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel every time that I made an adjustment in my business. I already knew what was going on. Or when I brought on a VA, I didn't have to go through the process of doing all of these SOPs. They would have already been done and in place ready to go. So I rambled on long enough (laughs) I'm sure you're ready to get to our interview today. So here is my conversation with Melissa Gamara. All right, guys, I'm here with Melissa Gamara. Melissa, welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Um, Welcome. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. I can't wait to talk all things systems and processes, and I'm super excited. I love to talk about this stuff. (laughs) Which is so funny because if you had told me like five years ago, I'd be 
like completely geeked out to talk about systems and processes, I'd be like, what? No way. But it's when you start running a business, it becomes these things that like these cheesy things you get excited about. Um, Well, I'm excited to dive into that. But before we get into that, I would love for you to share with everybody sort of a little bit about who you are, what it is that you do and sort of your journey to get to where you are today. Yeah. So I'm a certified online business manager. Um, It's OBM for short. So OBM obviously stands for Online Business Manager. There is certified and just standard OBM. I think as, you know, same with coaches, there's certified coaches and uncertified. So I'm a certified OBM. I'm also an Amazon uh, bestselling author of the book, Transform Your Online Business into a Flourishing Enterprise. I am a mother of two, and uh, I basically help entrepreneurs in the service-based industry, whether that be coaches or people who more identify as consultants, scale to multi-six and seven-figure businesses. I help them step out of the day-to-day operations and really step into their role as the CEO and let me kind of take over all of their operations, their team management, their strategic planning, and really help them take their business that to that next step. Nice. Awesome. So, okay. I'm curious, like what led you into being, an, like, have you always been like super detail oriented and organized? Is that something you've always enjoyed? Cause I feel like that's, yeah. I mean, you're somebody that like I need in my life, but like, cause I'm the opposite of that. So have you always kind of had like those skills or was it something that you developed? Yeah. So I actually remember when I was a teenager, um, I was diagnosed with OCD, which now as an adult, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was as extreme as like a clinically, like it should have, you know, <laughs> not a clinically diagnosed thing. I think I'm just hyper-organized, uh, is what I like to call it. But yeah, I have always been somebody who thrives on structure. So somebody who really enjoys organization. I really like planning. I like when things, everything has a place in my life. It gives me a lot of confidence. It helps me really understand what's going on. And I, I'm the most planny person and I married somebody who's the total opposite. So it drives him, you know, just batty, but this is who I've been pretty much my entire life. Um, I actually started out, I originally, I thought I wanted to be an OBGYN when I was a teenager. Um, when I was like 16, I remember watching shark tank a lot that, that Mm -hmm. show that's on like CBS or whatever. And I used to like fall asleep and think about, what can I, what, what can I invent that would allow me to be an entrepreneur? Because I think as most of us uh, understand, we're always just kind of taught like college is the path and then you get a good job out of college. And like, that's just the way that you operate your life. And um, for me, that just never, it just never really fit. So I, I started going to college to, uh, get basically a medical degree, started in nursing school. And um, after failing, trying and failing and trying and failing uh, multiple different classes, I decided that I was trying to white knuckle through something that clearly the universe was telling me was not a fit. So um, I kind of went back to my roots and I was like, what do I really enjoy? And it was, I, I really like math just because again, it comes down to planning and structure. And it's very, it's very organized and everything has an answer. So I was like, I really enjoy math. Maybe I should just like do some generals that are math related and see how those go. 
So I took a, like a basic accounting, like a personal accounting course. And I aced that without any issue. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Be an accountant. That's what my mother is. So it's like, maybe the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) So went to school for accounting. I actually uh, worked in business finance for quite some time before starting my business. I basically, what I did was I managed third-party contractors across the United States to basically go and serve people court documents, repossess vehicles, like the (laughs) weirdest job you could possibly have. But a lot of, I was handling all of those, those mini projects, if you will, like from hiring the contractor, managing the, the contractor throughout the process, handling their invoice, making sure they got paid, you know, all of the things. So because I was touching an invoice and I was working in business finance, I was like, this is, I'm on the right path. But um, I got pregnant in 2018. I actually got pregnant before that and had a miscarriage in, in the whole the whole nine yards with that. But when I was in my third trimester in 2018, um, I kind of came to this epiphany of like, I can't really afford daycare. It's like $1,000 a month to have yeah, somebody crazy. watch you. It's so expensive, so expensive. And so I'm like, I can't, I can't really run my life off of $1,500 a month, like bring home. And when I was like, if I'm only going to bring home 1500 bucks, like I can, I can run a business out of my house and make that much money. Like that's not that much money. So if I'm going to make 15, if I'm going to bring home $1,500 a month, I'm going to work for myself. So I started my business, um, just like on a random Saturday, I registered with the, my LLC or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm just going to register it. And like, that's it. That's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, it's like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to be doing. I kind of thought maybe freelance bookkeeping, um, needless to say, I don't do that. Um, but that's kind of what I thought I was going to do. Uh, I ended up kind of, when I started getting clients, who I actually started out as a VA and was doing bookkeeping as a VA under the umbrella of virtual assisting. And um, each of these clients that I brought on, I, I kept giving them suggestions for strategic development for their business. So they'd say, oh, this is you know kind of what's going on. And I'd be like, well, have you thought about this? Or I can foresee that this is going to be an issue. Have you addressed that already? And so... I kind of got myself into this place where I put myself in a management role and then people started asking for the management stuff. And so I I was like, well, I'm doing the management stuff. Like I'm kind of undercharging for, you know, what it is that I'm doing. So I'm going to, I'm going to go get certified as an OBM because I need to figure out how to like scale this. Um, so I, you know, became a certified online business manager and the rest is kind of history at that point. So I've been doing this for uh, almost three years at this point. So it's been, it's been a wild ride, but super fun. That's so cool. I lo- when I was listening to your story, my first thought was like all of those kids who feel like, or all those parents who are looking at their kids and thinking, what skills does my child have that can lead them to a career, you know, and that's kind of the awesome thing about being an entrepreneur and the world we live in today where it's so 
I don't say easy to start a business, but it's easy to start a business. You know, like anyone can have a skill that they're really good at. You honed in on the fact that these are the things that you enjoy and that you're good at, you know, and I'm sure at some point, like you look back at that high school kid who just was really good at organizing things. And, you know, like you thought, who knew that that kid that loves to organize and be, you know, have everything in its place and who enjoyed order in their world Mm -hmm. would have their own business. You know, that's, that's, I don't know, that's the exciting part I love about all this is just that you can take something as simple as, hey, I really love X, Y, or Z and turn it into a business these days. So that's so cool. Okay. So online business manager, I feel like that that is a term OBM that I've seen a lot kind of floating around the internet and socials and things like that. But can you kind of go into a little more detail? Like what exactly would somebody hire an OBM for? Like, how do you know if you are needing an OBM? Kind of go into that a little bit for us. Yeah. So, so you're, you're totally right. OBM kind of gets tossed around um, a little haphazardly, much like, you know, the terms VA, social media manager, um, all, all the things, right? In the online space, um, there just seems to be less like rigid structure around what people call themselves. So I like to kind of take it back to more of a corporate setting because I feel like most people have a solid understanding of how the corporate world works. And so it's a lot easier for me to explain in those terms. So when you think about a corporate environment, there's typically a person who, you know, is at the front desk and basically is an office assistant of some sort who, you know, answers phones, greets people that come in the door, maybe runs errands for the CEO, you know, stuff like that, right? There is the CEO, then there's somebody who's like the COO or an office manager or a supervisor of some sort that basically makes sure everybody, you know, does what they're supposed to be doing and kind of helps assist the CEO in growing the business, you know, and then there's customer service people, there's bookkeepers, there's, you know, all of those things under the sun. Now in an online business, all of those roles still exist. They're just called something else. So the virtual assistant would essentially be your front desk person, somebody who's going to be doing some of the more like day-to-day tasks, actually completing things, helping the CEO, maybe even helping some of the other team members completing their tasks, things, things of that nature. So that would be a virtual assistant. Then that CEO role is obviously the person who runs the business or, you know, you may potentially hire somebody to be a CEO for your company and you're just the owner. Um, And the COO or the general manager is often where the OBM role kind of fits in. And then if you think about the marketing department, that would usually be somebody who is, you know, Facebook ads or potentially a social media manager. So when you think about your business as a whole, And you kind of put yourself in this place of like, if I was in a brick and mortar business, right? Like if I had a brick and mortar location where I expected people to come into work every day, what does my business need right now? Like if I was to post a job and hire somebody who would have to come into my business every day, who is that person based on what I'm trying to accomplish? So if you, the business owner, say to yourself, oh, I actually, I need somebody who can, you know, post on my social media. I need somebody who can respond to comments. I need somebody who can, you know, 
respond to messages and do all of those things. If you think about that from a corporate setting, that's probably not the front desk person. That's probably somebody who's in the back working on your marketing. So you need to find somebody who does marketing. Even in the online space, it's the same concept. Now, as far as like understanding who you need to hire, I when you start thinking about hiring and you're a business owner, I often tell people to write out a list first of tasks that you want to outsource to somebody else. Um, whatever that list looks like, it can be a hodgepodge of things, right? But as you kind of go through your day and you're thinking about what can I what can I offload from my plate or what do I need to offload from my plate at this particular moment in time and just writing down a list of things that you want to get rid of. Once you're satisfied with that list, looking over it and saying, okay, what's the overarching theme here? If, if all of the stuff that you want to outsource is related to social media, you need a social media manager. If things on that list are like, team management and I need somebody to basically help me grow my business. I need to step away from some of this operation stuff and focus more on getting clients and handling their issues. Like I can't, I don't have the time to really be running my business. I don't have time to be doing back and forth emails all day long with team members. I don't, I don't have that availability that's where an OBM comes in. Somebody who can basically act as the clone of you where you can brain dump onto that person and say, hey, here's what needs to happen with the business. Here's what I want to do. Here's my goals. Here's what we're working on. And then that OBM, that, that clone, if you will, of yourself goes and implements it with your team, gives it out to the appropriate people, answers the correct questions, helps you maybe come up with a strategy or a plan to achieve your goals and make sure that obviously the team members know what they're doing in order to achieve that goal. This person, an OBM, basically acts as the buffer between you and your team, the operations of your business. And that's not to be meant in a derogatory way of any kind of like, oh, you don't you don't want to be a part of your team anymore or whatever. But, you know, at a certain point in your business, we only have so many hours in the day. And so it's really important for you as a business owner to recognize that your time is valuable and it's not always best spent handling the operations of your business. And that's when people like me come in. It's the same in a brick and mortar company. It's why the COO exists. It's why general managers exist. It's why there's all these tiers that separate the owner from you know, some of the the everyday workers. And again, not a bad thing, but it's a necessary thing. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I like, I like the comparison to like the corporate world and I couldn't help, but like when you were describing the roles, I just imagined like the characters on the office, the TV show. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, so a VA would be like the Pam of the office. Um, but yeah, like that's super helpful because I do think a lot of people look at and they go, okay, well you have like your social media managers, you have your content creators, you have your VAs, you have your OBMs, you have, you know, like all the community managers, all these different people. And when they're looking at it going, well, what's the difference? And how do I know which one I need? That's a really great tip about like, one, knowing the difference and two, like looking at a list of things, because I think it's easy for people to say, 
I'm overwhelmed in my business. I can't do it all. I need to hire somebody. But what do you really need to hire them to do? Like specifically, what do you need them to do? Um, So I love that. I wrote that down. It's like make a list of the tasks and then figure out like what the theme is that you see. If it's all financial, then maybe you need to hire a bookkeeper or an accountant or an advisor of some kind. So yeah, I love that. Um, Okay. So I kind of want to go into the idea of the standard operating procedures. Um, This is something that I've started really documenting in my business because I do plan to hire out in the future. And so going through and like keeping track of, okay, what is, what exactly? Cause I know I have it all in my head. Like I think as solopreneurs, we're a lot of times like, oh, but I know how to do it. And that's all that matters. But when you actually have to look at like, no, okay, what exactly are the steps that I take to do something that, and you have to like kind of write it out or, you know, record it as you're doing it, that starts to kind of have these light bulb moments of like, oh, there might be better ways for me to do this. So kind of walk us through like the SOPs, what they are and like how you can use them in your business. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah, so an SOP is uh, short for Standard Operating Procedures. And basically, these SOPs are the instructions for how you run your business. So I'm a metaphors kind of gal. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you another metaphor, (laughs) but um, I think everyone at some point in time has ordered furniture online, right? Whether that's from Amazon or Wayfair or whatever, whatever that the case may be. Um, So you order the furniture and it comes to you in a box in like a million pieces. And you'll pull all the pieces out and you kind of look at it and you start rifling for some instructions. Now, in this metaphor, there's no instructions. So you are then left with all of these pieces. You can see them all. You see all the pieces. You know what the piece of furniture is supposed to look like, but you don't really understand how you go from all of these pieces to the finished product product on the box, the image on the box. and so. This is basically what your business is when it doesn't have any SOPs, is you're asking somebody to come in and look at all of these millions of pieces and then say to them, hey, this is the finished product. This is what it's supposed to look like. Here's all the pieces. Figure it out. Now, if this were to happen in real life, if you really got a package like this from Amazon that didn't have any instructions in it, 
you probably would look it up online and, and figure out how to do it. But let's just say for the sake of argument that you can't do that. So you start putting it together and maybe at the end you have a couple of extra screws or it maybe leans to one side or there's, you know, the drawer doesn't fit in correctly, like whatever, right? It looks similar, but the quality is not where it could be. And so when entrepreneurs talk to me and they're like, I know, I know what I'm doing and I can probably train somebody else how to do it. I'm like, okay, that's great. But at the end of the day, if they don't have the instructions to follow, the quality is not going to be there in the finished product. And that's just simply because <laughs> I think many of us know that when you're told something, how often do you forget it? Literally always. Like you may remember pieces of it, but even in doing it with repetition, a lot of times people forget little things. And depending on how far the space is between when you last did it and when you have to do it again, I mean, like if it's a monthly task, it's going to take some time for that person to really understand the process of doing whatever task that is with proficiency and, and to the same level of quality that you would do it. Now, that's basically just a long-winded way of explaining why you need SOPs in your business, especially oh if you plan on hiring. That's crazy. She didn't even so like tell this you she kind was of goes back to what quitting. we just talked about of like, well, how do you how do you even take that first step of like preparing to hire somebody or knowing when when the right time is to hire? And I feel like SOPs and hiring really go hand in hand because it's going to make your your hiring process and your recruiting process like 10 times easier than it would be if you don't have it. Um, I remember when I hired my first VA, I didn't have any SOPs built out because it was like, oh, it's fine. Typical solo entrepreneur. I was like, I can train this person. I'm going to hire somebody who has experience, who knows what they're doing, who's smart. It'll be fine, right? And um, so I brought this person on. Things went well for a little while and then, you know, mistakes were happening and I, I tried to be gracious and, you know, no big deal. Um, eventually, she ghosted me entirely. Just she had, you know, hours that she had not invoiced me for and she just up and left. Didn't say a word to me. Yes. No. Didn't tell me she was leaving. Didn't send me a final invoice. Nothing. And, um... I kind of did this inner reflection of like, how am I so terrible to work for that this person didn't even send me her final invoice? She literally was just like, I'm out of here. Like, this is so, I'm like, it has to be really terrible for you to be leaving money on the table for work you've already done, right? Like, it has to be bad. So at, that's really when I realized like, okay. If I'm going to hire somebody, it is my responsibility to make sure that this person is supported correctly. And I tell this to a lot of entrepreneurs now when I talk about SOPs, it is important and it is your responsibility as a business owner. If you're going to hire somebody, you need to have these instructions available so that this person can feel supported and do their best work. Because if they don't have that, you're basically setting that person up for failure and you're setting yourself up for failure, which it's a huge waste of time and energy and money on, on all parts. So it is very important to have these. Now, there's two different ways that you can go about doing these and putting these SOPs together, which I know we 
we haven't really even talked about like what goes into these. So we'll talk, we can talk about that in a second, but um, a lot of people, when they start thinking about like, Oh, I have to create an instruction manual for my business automatically start like, like five alarm fire goes off in their head of like, Oh my gosh, there's so many things that I do in my business. But um, I can't remember. I read a book. uh, Oh, it's called systemology. I can't remember who the, the author is, but this book, Systemology, talks about 80% of your business can probably be documented with about 20% of, of the systems actually being documented. So basically, the way he talks about this is like, you don't have to, to crawl into the darkest corners of your business and find like all these tasks that need to be documented. While it is important for you to have documentation, it's also important to understand that like creative stuff really can't be documented and a lot of business is creative. So, you know, don't go five alarm fire just yet. It's, it's fine. We can, we'll work through this and I'll, and I'll talk about how I break this out. So it's not so overwhelming, but basically there's two ways that you can document your, your SOPs or the way that you do things. And that's obviously written written down via written instructions, which um, I'm providing my SOP template, my free template for um, the users to go through and and there will be instructions for how to fill it out. And that's the traditional way is to document it on like a Word document or write it out. So it's written instructions, which I do recommend that you have, although it's a more advanced step. But the easier way for you to do this is through Loom videos, or you can even do it through like Zoom where you share your screen and just record yourself actually completing the task and, and talking throughout the video of like this, okay, I'm going to go here and I'm going to click this thing. And then we're going to move on to this part and I'm doing this because X, Y, Z. And so then it's going to move into this piece, you know, really just talking people through as if they they don't know what's going on at all. And having those videos is a really great asset because a lot of people are visual learners. And in the virtual space, having that visual piece really helps to connect the dots for a lot of people. The written instructions have their place and they are really important to your business. But having that video documented piece first is a lot easier for people. Uh, The time factor is cut in like half it takes way less time. A lot of people are visual learners. And when you do decide if you want to hire somebody to write out the SOPs, then you already have all of the content readily available for them. And you can just like plug and play and say, hey, go and document these things in this format. And they can go and do that. So, you know, it works out really well that way. Yeah. I think about like, because I use Loom. I love Loom. Um, but I think about too, like, so kind of random and off, not, not completely off topic. So my husband and I are like rebuilding this old golf cart that he got that we're going to turn into like a one we can use with our kids in the neighborhood. And there's parts of it where it's like, okay, we need to figure out how to do this next step. And it never fails every single time that we get online and look for like, how do you do X, Y, Z? We go straight to video. We go straight to YouTube. We don't like occasionally we might like read through like a blog post that someone created, 
But video is so much more powerful because you can show somebody how to do something. It's, I think it's really like coming from a teaching background, it's really rare that somebody, especially these days, learns by reading something. Most people are either going to be visual or kinesthetic learners. They have to either see it or do it or both in order for it to become something they're, they're confident in. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like using those Loom videos or like you said, even Zoom and being able to say like, okay, you do this and you go here. And I know with like my, um, you know, people that I've worked with, like if they send me a, a video and they're like, okay, here's how you upload this to Airtable or to Trello or whatever, as opposed to like step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. I'm like, oh, this is so much better. So I, yeah, big fan of the video part, the video piece. Yeah. And the. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. When I say that the written piece has has its place, um, usually that place is for like ongoing learning or ongoing um, education, if you will. So basically, the thought process is that you hire somebody, you'll give them, you know, maybe a Google folder filled with all of these videos of like, here's how you do all these things. You still obviously will walk with them for you know a week or two on how to do things, but they're basically going to have this video library. So they'll go through all those things. They'll learn how to do it. But as I mentioned before, people don't retain everything that they're taught initially. And so that's typically where this written instruction piece comes from, where they have, you know, 75% of the information and they just need a couple of little things and they don't want to have to watch a 20 minute video just to pull like one little nugget of information out. Like if they just need the password for something, they can go to the SOP and find the password. 
or if they just need to understand like, what was the website again that I need to go to for this thing? It's documented on the, on the SOP in the written instructions. So like, doesn't make sense to have to watch a 20 minute video to get, you know, just one little snippet of information. Now for the people who are thinking like, okay, you know, I want, I want to hire, but I don't have any SOPs. Like this is, there's a lot, there's a lot of SOPs that need to be done. I typically will tell people to break it out in a way where first and foremost, you know, it comes back to that list of tasks that you've created when you're getting ready to hire somebody. Look at that task list and say, do I have SOPs for these things? If you don't, that's step number one is to create the SOPs for things you are trying to outsource in the immediate. Then second step would be outsource or uh, I'm sorry, creating SOPs for anything you've already outsourced. So if you already have people on your team, chances are they're probably already trained. So it's a little less imperative that they have an SOP right this second if you're planning on trying to hire somebody. So step number two is getting your existing team members SOPs for whatever it is that they're doing. Plus, if you already have team members that are trained, they can make videos on how things are done. And you can look through that and say like, oh, they're actually not doing it correctly. So we need to go over this again. And if they do do it correctly, then you've saved yourself a ton of time, right? Then third step would be anything else you plan on outsourcing, maybe in the future. So creating those SOPs in anticipation that you're going to outsource that. And then obviously, finally, is anything that you'll be keeping as a business owner. But in the event that, let's say, you got into a car accident and you were in the hospital for 30 days, your business still needs to run and somebody needs to know how to do that. But they need to know what it is that you're doing and how to like take care of your customers or take care of, you know, whatever it is that you're handling as a business owner in the day-to-day. And so documenting those things, even though you have no intention of ever outsourcing them, is still really important because life is unexpected and you can get hit with a COVID-19 pandemic at any point in time, apparently. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's, that's the big thing is solopreneurs will say to me a lot of times, oh, well, I already know what I'm doing, so I don't need to document things. And I'm like, well, for one, that's, that's a scarcity mentality because it means that you're not ever planning on hiring anyone ever. So that's number one, which I don't think anybody falls into that category of like, oh, we're never going to ever hire and I'm just going to continue doing, <laughs> working my fingers to the bone until I die. Like, you know, most people don't fall into that. So creating SOPs, even if you don't plan on outsourcing immediately, Preparing your business to outsource is very, very important. But two, understanding that life is crazy and things happen and your business still needs to be able to function because I know both you and I are are mothers or parents, and I'm sure many of the people listening to this are parents. And I hope one day, I think as many people do, to be able to pass this on to my daughter and potentially have her take it over potentially have her, you know, maybe even be part of the business if I'm still around. Like preparing your business for the future is just a solid business strategy, right? Like whether that's a year in the future or 50 years in the future, making sure that you have this solid structure, this solid foundation to build from 
is what's going to really set your business apart from the businesses that fail 10 years down the road. It's going to be the difference between you and the person who didn't ever do this. And eventually their business just like falls apart because they can't scale it. Yeah. So good. I love, like you gave us so much amazing information. And I, I think it's so true. Like the idea that you have to be prepared because I think about that sometimes I'm like, okay, if it's just me and yeah, something happens to me, or even if I like, you know, get sick or I have to like go take care of a family member and I can't do the day-to-day things and I need somebody, whether it's a VA that moves into, you know, that takes over some other positions or jobs or whatever, you've got to have those systems ready to go. You know, I, my husband works as a security director and his, one of his jobs is he has to basically create this giant binder of things that when they, their, their security team comes in, like this is their standard operating procedures. They have to kind of go through and then he updates it regularly. And a lot of it is kind of like worst case scenario. Like here's what you do if this happens and here's what you do if this happens. But it's the same idea. You know, you still have to be prepared. And I think a lot of times we don't think that far enough in advance or we don't want to think that it's kind of like having a, you know, a will or a life insurance policy. Like we don't want to think about those things, but we need to. And same thing with our business. What, what is our, what happens to our business if we're not able to run it? And then of course the, the better side is, you know, if it gets to the point where, or when it gets to the point where we have to bring on team members to help us grow the business, just think about how much easier it's going to be to hire somebody if you already have all of this in place. And I think you'll agree, like, this is not something you have to sit down and do all in one day. Right. Like, this is things you do. Like, I always do them. For example, like, I will, if I'm working on, um, like, how I schedule my social media content, I will pull up Loom and I will literally just record myself scheduling my content for a week or two weeks or whatever. And I will talk my way through it. So that if, and I will save it so that if I ever need to hire a social media person, that one's ready to go, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it doesn't have to all be done at one time. Yeah. I usually tell people, you know, if you're not, if you're not hiring in the immediate, you can do like one or two SOPs a week, which really shouldn't take you more than maybe 30 minutes at, at most. And you're doing whatever task it is you're documenting at the same time. So it's not like that 30 minutes is like, being taken out of your day. Yeah. Yeah. So it really doesn't have to be this crazy, like, oh my gosh, I'm embarking on this huge project. It can be, it can be done over time. It can be really simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, that five alarm fire of like, oh my gosh, we're, you know, I'm selling my business tomorrow and I have to have all my SOPs documented. (laughs) Like that's, that's not the case. So, you know, progress over perfection in this particular situation, just making, taking those little steps and, and getting your business to a place where it has a solid foundation underneath it is going to help you long-term, not only scale your business, but also just make sure that in the event of an emergency, you're prepared and you can still, you know, maintain this business, whether that's a spouse or a business partner can take up for you Mm -hmm. and, and really make sure that things are still running smoothly while whatever you're dealing with, you know, blows over, you know? Yeah. So it's exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, Melissa, thank you so much. This has been such val- valuable information. I was jotting down notes the whole time you were talking 
thank you so much for your time and for um, hopping on to give us all this content. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you or possibly work with you. Yeah. So I am at Melissa Gamara Management pretty much everywhere. So my website is melissagamaramanagement.com. You can find me on Facebook at Melissa Gamara Management as well as on Instagram. I also have a free Facebook group called the Powerhouse Women's Circle. Um, I believe I included a link uh, for the show notes here as well. So they can go and join there, which I give lots of information around all kinds of different subjects, including systems and processes. So if they want to get you know, some more information or if they just have questions, they can connect with me on any of those platforms. Awesome. Well, that's perfect thing. And I will have all that linked on the show notes for sure. So thank you again, Melissa, for your time. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to chatting with you in the future. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. Send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week. Same time, same place.